Welcome to Solo Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your solo cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to Solo Cleaning School. Let's dive back into Ken's solo business. I'm going to kick right off with, remember I talked about in the previous episode that your seeds will grow into fruit. I was not expecting this to happen like it did or even so fast. But let me just start off by saying the first thing I had in my inbox as this week started was an email from my buddy Doug Floro, the leader of our networking group, The Believers in Business, and owner of my father's business, Financial Planning Wealth Management in Southerton, PA. I'll give him a little shout out and a a link to his website. So he called me up and he says, just following up for a meeting last week, and I just wanted to let you know that I would love to get an estimate for cleaning our house. He didn't mention anything about the business card that he slid across the desk of the cleaner that he was using because I had spoken very highly of her and said I heard great things, growing business, brand new office. I'm glad that she's working out for you. I had no idea that he was testing me and that he was interested in having me come over for an estimate. I think he just wanted to see how I'd respond. So he requested an estimate and my answer was, awesome, thank you so much. I would love to coordinate that and we did. Worked out a time, scheduled it, and boom. So I always say this in this podcast, I don't want to presume anything. I'm not going to say, oh, that's a brand new client. You just don't know. Here's what I do know. Go out and serve people. Go out and disarm people and let them know, here's what I do. Here's how much it costs. Does this fit? Does this not fit? I am literally just handing out blueberry pies. Remember the episode blueberry pies? I am just baking my blueberry pie and offering it to people. Whether Doug and his wife accept, it's not on me. I'm just going to keep offering. And the right ones will say yes. So that was a great way to start the week. All right, now let me dive a little bit into some vulnerability. I'm a part of a mastermind I've mentioned on the podcast, Total Life Freedom I get on two-hour calls every week, Monday morning, 8.30 to 10.30 to kick off my week. And in that meeting, it's myself as the only cleaning company. I mean, there's a high-end photographer in there. There's a friend of mine, you know, John, and that's Gustavo Fernandez. There's John Apino, who runs contract diagnostics, just able to leave his full-time job of pharmaceutical sales. He's crushing it. So is Gustavo in his business. John does medical contracts for new docs into their first full-time opportunity. And there's some other high-end players, Andy Storch, my good buddy's in there. He does talent development and has his first conference coming up. Oh my goodness. There's some high-end players. Vincent Buglisi, former photographer, now runs masterminds, coaching. He's stepping into the world of public speaking. Just high-end players. And when I go in there and I'm like, yeah, here's my goals and eh, kind of wishy-washy, I get crushed. And this particular week, I got crushed. So Ken, what's your goals? How'd you perform this week versus last week? How did you do this year compared to what you wanted? And I gotta tell you, I wasn't happy with how I had been performing. I felt like I should have been farther. I was curious 
how good I performed against my goals. I felt like I was behind. I still felt the pressure of tight on money. I should have grew my business faster than I had. I should have started this podcast six months later. A lot of shoulda, shoulda, shouldas. And I just kind of said, you know what, guys? Who cares about 2019? It's over. I'm ready to step into a new year, set new goals. And they just went ballistic. Not good enough. And they let me have it. And they said, Ken, you need more accountability. And you need some goals. I want to hear your goals next week for 2020 and what you're going to get done in month one, month two, and so on. And the first thing that I agreed to doing was, yes, I need accountability. My good buddy, John Vandermeulen, who just a just a great friend. This guy in his 30s was running a company up in Michigan, sheet metal fabrication and family business. He was running it. He was able to sell his family business move and see some of the country and just live in the dream of freedom and then started his new career which he's now on Amazon as an FBA seller he's also doing retail arbitrage he's coaching he's teaching he's consulting he's just like an Amazon if you ever need an Amazon guy I'll link him in here John Vandermeulen uh, I think his group is Amazon sellers but anyway he's my accountability partner and he's a great one to have every day we say let's do this we're gonna send each other a text 4 35 o'clock every day with what we got done toward our goal. I agreed, he agreed, boom, let's begin. So I get to my MCBA meeting this week, and this is one of those meetings where we had a lot of time to really connect, network, and I had a chance to talk to several people. I'll just highlight some of the conversations. Gary Volpe, and I talked about him already in the episode, you're a cleaning guy. And you know what was really cool? He felt guilty because they had received my proposal, and he hadn't gotten back to me in a few weeks. And he just shared with me, you know, hey, we're still reviewing the proposal. The prices were higher than we were expected or used to. I'm not sure if my sons will go for it. And I just said, Gary, thank you so much for letting me know. No big deal. I might not be the right fit, but please don't feel awkward. I mean, we're friends. I just really appreciate you and the opportunity you gave me to do this proposal for you. And he says, awesome, great. And we moved on. So we'll see. You know, that, that's something out there. It's still a seed, maybe down the road. If they need a new cleaner, maybe they'll still consider me. So we'll see how that goes. I also talked to Lisa Rice in the meeting. And she says, you know, Ken, I'm going to be needing a spring cleaning. Do you do that? I said, yes, I do. These things are starting to come up because the trust is building. They know me. I know them. And so now she's inquiring for her for the spring. I said, yes, absolutely. Please contact me and I'll come over, do an estimate, give you some prices. She's like, awesome. Thank you. Had a convo with Jim Hardy, carpet guys. Now, I've just known from day one meeting him that him and I were going to be able to really connect and refer back and forth. And it's just forming up well. And we had a great conversation. And you know what we just talked about is different networking groups and how we're each approaching marketing for the upcoming year. And he just, he said something that really made me smile. He says, Ken, I'm going to dig back into marketing big time. I just know big things are coming for us this year. I said, sounds good to me, Jimbo. <laughs> sounds good to me. Um, after the meeting, I had a one-on-one with Denise Simone, a local realtor, and I'll link her as well. And you know, we, we shared stories. We connected. She was definitely very interested and even impressed with the diverse background that the cleaner in the group had. Wait, he's a cleaner, but he's also running groups. He has a podcast. Like, what is, like, who are you? And what I was so much impressed about with her is just the way that she sells out for her customers. She is the epitome of servant leadership. And she told me the story 
and this is where the title of this episode comes from, of Betty. Now, Betty was an elderly widower and still in the house that she had been married in and been there for decades. And I've cleaned houses like this. They need a lot of work. They were capped up, but once Betty hits her late 60s, early 70s, and they come out of the Depression and they don't really have a cleaning service because they don't think they can afford it on a limited fixed income, the house starts going into disrepair, not just cleaning-wise, maintenance and different things. Here's what Denise did for Betty. And I think it was so cool. She recognized all of the things that would need to take place for Betty to sell the house she was in and downsize into a smaller apartment or a smaller home that she could live out the rest of her years as a widower. And there was so much going on. I can't recall all the details. But I mean, Denise had to step out of her job role as a realtor and she did things like helping her secure permits. And she even did some scrubbing and cleaning herself. I mean, she helped with landscaping. I don't know if she was out there with a lawnmower. I would not be surprised. Denise is that much of a servant. And it was pretty incredible to hear the story of how much she just loved on Betty. And if you could find a realtor that cares that much, oh my goodness, the world would be a better place if everyone was like Denise. And there is one thing that she said in there. She said, I've been in real estate for a long time. And when I saw that house, an old, unkept house, it's like a broken down car. Bam. I said, Denise, what'd you say? She says, well, Ken, an old, unkept house is like a broken down car. I said, that is so true. That is so, because I've cleaned those houses, those unkept houses. You clean them, you put some fresh paint, repair some of the molding, get the mold out of Oh, that's something else. She, she helped her mold remediate too with the, the house she was in. But you get this house out of disrepair, it's a world of difference. And it is like a broken down car. You know, a car on the side of the road with a little white sheet or t-shirt hanging out the side is broken down. You know, are you going to sell a car, an old car that won't start? Or it says selling $500 or parts. Best offer, please. Like, that's a broken down car. It doesn't have much value. But that same car fixed up could be worth $4,000. And that's what was going on with this house. And Denise recognized that. And when she said that, I said, Denise, I'm using that quote in a podcast episode. As you, And I'm going to promote you. Are you okay with that? And she says, sure. I Absolutely. Thank you. I said, no, thank you. That was a great quote. And I want to translate that into different areas. Think of an unkept house. As your own house, mentally, spiritually, physically, health-wise, how is your house? Is your house unkept? Because if it does become unkept in disrepair, you're going to be like a broken down car. Value goes down. I believe that we need to take care of our bodies, take care of our souls, our spirits. And what about our financial house? Is your financial house unkept? How about your solo cleaning business? Are you running a business but have no idea what your numbers are? That's an unkept house. You're just running around trying to figure yourself out. You're like a broken down car. It's not a lot of value. Even though you're doing a great job cleaning, you don't know your numbers. And so you could translate this into so many areas. It's such a great metaphor. That's why I loved it so much. So thank you, Denise, on that. Now let's move on. 
What else happened this week? I'll share some more insights. Well, here's a big one. I've been cleaning houses 14, 15 years. I've always just taken checks. Old school Ken back again, right? Checks on the counter every single time. Rounds of the bank a couple times a month. Stack of checks. Deposit. Go. Had my first client. Actually, it was Ellie who I mentioned in the last episode of Apologize With Action. And she says, Ken, do you take Venmo? I said, let me get back to you. So I did my research. I spoke with my merchant account representative from my credit union about getting a merchant account with taking credit cards. I looked at Venmo, PayPal, Stripe, Square, Square, and there's one other one I can't think of it. But I researched them and there's different types and different percentages. And ultimately, I settled on Stripe. I gotta say, I'm super impressed with it so far. Now, I, I accept the 3% charge and I'll just eat that. You know, it's not a big deal. I could pass on the, the fee and extra cost to my client, but I just see this as a convenient factor for both sides because, yes, I'll pay 3%, but how much is it saving me not to have to take all those checks and to go to the bank a couple times a month and use up an hour or so of my time? What is an hour worth? If I lost $25 in fees and I was charging, say, an hour for cleaning, just as an example. An hour of my time cleaning could be double what I lose. It's not really worth it. It's kind of like the Bill Gates story. I don't know if anyone's ever heard this. Bill Gates and a friend are walking down the road. They pass right by a $100 bill right there for the taking. So Bill didn't take the $100 bill. And they, they stop at some point and they're talking and the man says, Bill, didn't you see that $100 bill? Why didn't you pick that up? And Bill Gates says this. If I would have stopped and picked up that dollar, that $100 bill, I would have lost money. That is incredible. Think about that. The man's worth billions. And if you calculate his hourly or his wage or his income per second, I don't know what it is, but it's more than $100 per second. That is just astounding. And so if he would have stopped, picked it up, put it in his wallet and kept going, it might have cost him 9 10 seconds. And that could cost him $1000. So a $100 bill could cost him 1000. Some people call this opportunity cost, but that story really explains it. So the electronic payments, that's why I'm going to eat the price. That's going to be it's going to save me and it's going to be a convenience factor for the client. So it's a win-win. So we'll see how that goes. Another new client, Erica, also requested Venmo. So I'm, I didn't choose Venmo because it's more of a personal, you know, not a business account where it's person to person. It's more of a gift. With Stripe, I put it in my corporation, federal EIN, and it's legit. It's a business account. And, you know, it's something that I can track better. And I wanted to be completely legit every time I, I conduct business. So I recommend that as well. Get a legitimate business electronic payment system. So that was really cool to start that out for the first time. All right, and finally, let's wrap up this update on my solo cleaning business with a story that happened this week with Erica. Now, I'm at her house for the third time, and of course, what does she talk about first? Hey, I really like Stripe. I have a photography business. I might consider switching my payment system over to Stripe. I really liked how simple and easy it was to use. I said, well, great. Thanks for the feedback. And she thanked me for setting it up. So I served my client and it not just served 
the purpose of payment, but she might use it for herself. So it double served her. And then the other thing that came up was, well, twofold. Uh, one, I'm tracking my times. I'm here for the third time. And I know from experience in solo cleaning, if you're a solo cleaner already for many years and you're wondering, well, how does Ken clean so fast? Here's my process. Erica is a new client. I've now come here three times. I know how long it's taken me the first and second time. Not just how long it was to clean the whole house, but I know how long it was to clean the bathroom each visit. I know how long it takes to unload the car. I know how long it's for the kitchen and the mopping. Every piece I track, I keep a record that I can measure. And so I can set up specific goals and deadlines for future completion. And so I know there's a process. I mentioned in a previous episode that I do initial cleaning wrapped up over a couple of visits. Well, I'm wrapping up my initial cleaning of this house. And so it's taking me longer. I'm over four hours cleaning this house. And I know over time, it'll go from four and a half to four and a quarter to four. This past visit was four and a half, I believe, which is way longer than I'd like. But it's, hey, it's part of the process. And a client, when you charge by the job, they just pay for a standard of excellence, not for how long you're there. In fact, they just want their house cleaned really good. They want to be happy. And honestly, they want you out of there as fast as possible. The longer you're there, the more they think about you being there in their home. No matter how much they like you, they do want you in and out. Okay, so serve them by being in and out. The faster, the better. It's a win-win again. If you're out of there faster, they're happy. As long as the quality is great. And if you charge by the job, if you get, as an example, $200, you take five hours, that's $40 an hour. You take four hours, that's $50 an hour. You take three hours, that's like $63 or $65 an hour. You see how that goes up the faster you are. So my goal over about a three-month process is to get down to about three and a half hours And then by the time I hit my six-month mark, I should be optimized on my time, which in my case will probably be around three hours for this house, maybe two hours and 45 minutes. And that really sets me up nicely for the kinds of profits that I'd like to generate as a solo cleaner. And the last part of the Erica story is this. We've started really connecting kind of via text. How could I help her in her photography business? And she's open to helping me. Now, that that literally is founded on the fact that she's super happy with my cleaning. So here's what we were trying to work out. What if I were to promote her after hiring her for photography? And if she was willing, maybe down the road, to recommend me on the Facebook Moms group where my wife and her had met and how I came in contact with her and got her as a new client. So we'll see. I just have some ideas about that and... She seems open to it, so we'll just kind of kick that around and see where that goes. But my sole purpose here is to serve and to work with excellence and keep Erica happy. All that other stuff about optimizing and promoting and all that stuff, those are secondary. Most important thing, and if there's a takeaway from this episode at all, this old unkept house, right, is get your house in order. Service is the key. Just keep people happy. Definitely get your books lined up. Know what you're trying to accomplish. Get some goals and go out and serve your fellow man. Have a great day. 
Thank you for listening to Solo Cleaning School. Class is dismissed. <laughs>